What's up, fam? Welcome to Love Alive Church, the podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. I hope that it's a blessing to you and your family. Let's go. Chapter 12, verse number five. I'm going to read one verse, and then uh, we'll see what God is going to do in this, in this particular moment. Acts chapter 12, verse number five. Here's what it says. Peter was therefore kept in prison but consistent, everybody say consistent, but consistent prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Peter was kept in prison, but consistent prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but consistent prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not talking to you. High five somebody and and be seated in Jesus' name. Let's preach a message and say, I'm not talking to you. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that prayer is God's avenue and highway for communication from his throne room to your body. I believe in prayer so much that I think that we ought to agree with the Bible that we ought to pray without ceasing. And I know that sounds like that means you got to be praying and not have any normal communication, but your body, everything about you has the power to pray. I think that America would be in a different state if she were a praying nation. And I know that we say in God that we trust and we act as if we pray, but sometimes you've got to check who you're praying to. And this is why the power of praise is so important as we were worshiping God and praising God and the atmosphere became conducive for miracles, it dawned on me that sometimes when we are trying to find solutions, we give God's praise to things that are not him. And anytime somebody does something for us, we give them praise. And anytime we get paid on our jobs, we praise it. But how many of you know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I'm almost done preaching. Where would I be? And I I know it's old school and I get it. And, and, you know, sometimes I feel like a dinosaur stuck in a contemporary age. But I grew up in a generation of people that praised God whether they got the bills paid or not. Just the fact that I woke up breathing. Just the fact that I'm not in a hospital. Just the fact that my mind is still together. Will you take eight seconds and just praise him for air? How about that? We want to praise him for all these extravagant. I'm just glad I'm breathing. I think that we are a people that needs to get back to praying, not just praying for our Christmas list, not just praying for the things that we want, but I'm talking about praying the will of God. There is a difference when you step into intercession, you kind of leave your checklist where they are and you start to find the heartbeat of God. I understand that this church is in an intense season of praying and fasting, and I don't want that to alarm you. In the first service, we talked about how fasting opens up communication, but if you're fasting without praying, you're just on a diet. Hallelujah. And and we don't necessarily need the supernatural power of keto. Thank you, Lord. What we need, y'all on keto, don't tell the truth. What we need is God to intervene on our behalf. How do we get that? When we begin to seek the Lord in prayer, here's what it does. It tells your pride you are not in charge. The first reason why people don't pray is because we're prideful. We assume that we can solve all of our 
our problems on our own. But if you could solve your problem, you would be out of your rut already. The fact that you're in something that you can't get out of lets me know that you need to pray. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to pray. And, and praying doesn't have to be this, this, this long, boring thing that comes out. When you begin to pray by the knowing of the Spirit of God, God begins to reveal to you the things that you should pray for. Here is what your Bible says. We know not what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit on the inside of us will begin to make intercession. Intercession. Everybody say intercession. All an intercessor is, is somebody that stands in the middle ground, the, the medium, the in-between stage, which means that when you are transitioning from one moment to the next, you need intercession. Why? Because intercession intercepts everything that hell is trying to do to slow you down. If you feel like your life is stagnant, you feel like things aren't moving, I would suggest to you it's time to pray. Look at your neighbor and say it's time to pray. And so we, we find that Peter finds himself, therefore, kept in the prison. Peter finds himself caught up. He is imprisoned. He is an, in a restricted stage. He doesn't have the ability to move how he wants to move. He, he, he just doesn't have the freedom to do what he normally does. Now, I don't mean to be talking about you to your face, but some of us know what it is to be imprisoned, to feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm stuck. Have you ever been in a place where in your mind you feel like you can't get over something or, uh, those thoughts and those images are consistently flashing before you. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a prison. Have you ever been felt like that you were imprisoned in your finances where you wanted to be able to purchase this and take care of that? I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I have prayed, Lord, if you would give me that type of financial power, I would do X, Y, and Z for your kingdom. I would make sure that people weren't hurting. And it was just a laundry list of the things that I would do. It's a prison when you feel like you would do something if you had certain resources. Here's another thing. Maybe you felt like you were in that type of bondage, that type of prison, that type of moment, and here is where it gets a little bit tricky, is when you've got somebody next to you that's not interested in being free. Now, I don't mean to mess with your relationships too much, but the, the Bible says that Peter found himself shackled in between two guards, which means that in his restriction, that in his prison, that in his moment of, of where he feels confined and locked in, he is shackled to, connected to somebody that values the prison more than him. Have you ever been in a place where somebody enjoyed your bondage? Have, have, have you ever, and I'm going to identify for you, I don't want you to be nervous, don't leave, but, but any time that somebody supports your bad habits and enables you to stay stuck in sin, y'all not going to say nothing, any time that somebody will help aid you in what is tearing you apart, anybody that will slide you money to pay for things that you're trying to get over, anybody that winks at addiction to use it to their advantage, I'm telling you, you don't have a friend, you have a cellmate. And a lot of the people that you are confiding in are nothing more than cellmates that are keeping you bound. Anybody that will make sure that I stay shackled to brokenness, shackled to offense, it's a prison. Anytime that God sends you relationships, everybody say relationships. 
Anytime that God sends you a relationship and that relationship challenges you in the error of your way, typically in the flesh, the first thing that responds is offense. And, and although it, the word offense, we all know what it means, it's really a defensive action because we don't want anyone to confront something about us that makes us feel like you've got the upper hand. This is why people say, well, just let God deal with me and only God can judge me. Don't you address that. The Lord will work it out with me. Can I tell you that God will send you people in your life to disagree with you on purpose and be because we have become such a preferential, I'm not talking about y'all, I'm talking about everybody else. Because we have become such a preferential people, we don't want to hear anybody that has a contrary opinion to what we do. If you don't agree with me, if you don't nod off on everything that I do, then you're not for me. But my Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love. Never mind. We would rather have secret, lo secret lovers. We would rather have secret lovers than somebody to step in front of our error and say, stop it. It's offense. We have become easily offended. But anything that keeps you shackled to what you're supposed to break out of is clearly not going with you when the miracle takes place. In the first service, I felt like God prophesied to this incredible body of believers that there is about to be a separation. What I did not tell you is God is about to break you free from anything that enables you to stay bound. Go ahead, cry now. Because you're, you're going to look up. I'm telling you, in this season of your life, anything that does not return a text message, anything that won't call you back, it could be the mercy of God untying you from bad situations. Now, now you ain't got crazy faith like me, but some of y'all need to go unfriend, unfollow, block, remove, completely do away with. Because the truth is, the only reason why you answer is because there is a void of a lack of community. And anytime the old thing calls you back because you don't want to be alone you say yes the Bible says that Peter watch where he was he was in between two guards chained to them it's not enough that he's in prison it gets worse he's in between two guards which means even if we're going to let you out of this prison we're not letting you get away from us some of us, whew, some of us know what it is to walk in an, in an opportunity for freedom. You understand that the prison that Peter is in is probably big enough for him to stand in. I can prove that because there's at least three people in it. And if it's that big for all three of them to fit, it's possible that that thing is big enough for the bondage to stay connected to him. Watch this. Peter, therefore, kept in prison, but consistent prayer was offered to him to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, at some point, every bringing out is not of God. I didn't say it. Your Bible said it. That thing didn't say God was about to bring him out. That thing said Herod was about to bring him out. Can, can I tell you that every opportunity is not a God opportunity? You ain't gonna say amen. But, but we accept anything because we're so used to having nothing. 
But can I tell you, don't you dare allow what you have to define the value on your life. There are some gifts I'm just not accepting. Why? Because if your motivation is for me to praise you for what you give me, keep your little cash and your little catfish. I'd rather go hungry than have to give you the credit for what God's about to do in my life. High five your neighbor and say, don't take every bribe. There is a spirit of bribery that is trying to arrest the saints because our faith is low. But in the name of Jesus, I declare the discerning of spirits come upon you that you would not accept bribes just from witches. You ain't going to say nothing. That you would not accept bribes from old seasons. The newness of God come upon you. There is a miracle with your name on it. Don't settle for what doesn't belong to you. I wish I had some secure people that say, I'm not settling for nothing. I settled in 2018. I settled in 2015. But as Jesus is Lord, I'm not settling for a man. I'm not settling for a woman. The next thing that comes to me is for me. I found your neighbor say, what's for you is for you. You don't have time to settle. Your destiny depends on you not settling. Come here real quick, Abraham. Abraham settled. Yes, he did. When he settled for Hagar and all of a sudden Ishmael came. You don't have any time for any more Ishmaels. That's how your heart gets broken to begin with. Because of our being impatient, we don't want to wait for his presence. But I'm talking to a body of believers that know the river of worship so well that when they lift their hands, they're able to tell the counterfeit from the faith. That's the beauty of worship. That's the beauty of worship. That when you come in God's presence and you start to lift your hands, all of a sudden it's like you automatically know that when I get to work tomorrow, I'm not going to be offended by my jealous supervisor because you're just trying to distract me from the promotion that's coming next week. But only worshipers have the courage to believe like that. When you begin to worship, all of a sudden you understand that my husband might be cursing me out today, but it's just because he's insecure. I'm not going to divorce him. I'm going into intercession that that devil would, what's wrong? That that devil would come out of him. Your responses hit a little different when you worship. Everything that tries to bring you out is not God. The Bible says Herod was about to bring Peter out. Watch this. Here's how you know the difference. It's the motive. Herod was about to bring him out. That night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Hear me. God is about to do something so beautiful in your life because he's going to defy the odds that are stacked against you. Peter is in a prison. He is shackled between two guards, and even outside the prison door, there's two more guards. Hear me. Mm -hmm. Every troll in your life, everything that watches what you do, that peruses on social media, watching you, stop. I always feel like I'm in a singing church. Jesus. I don't know if you've ever felt like Everything you do is monitored by people that want to just prove you don't deserve what God's getting ready to do. You ain't got to say, man, I don't mean to be talking about your mother-in-law, but some of us know what it feels, uh-huh. Some of us know what it feels like that just because I didn't bake macaroni and cheese like you did for your son don't mean that I can't make some turkey. I just don't make the mac and cheese. Why are you watching me, lady? 
Sometimes hell will monitor your miracle in an attempt to discourage you from taking the greatest leap of a lifetime. Let this be a prophetic picture to you. Some of you are at the edge of the greatest breakthrough of your life. And I know it feels like everybody is watching everything you do wrong. Take courage, beloved. If God is letting your enemies watch, it must be because it's the fulfillment of Scripture. Here it comes. You will prepare a table before me. I feel the preacher waking up. In the presence of my enemies, there are some miracles you can't get until you got some more enemies watching you. High five your neighbor and say, eat up, eat up, eat up. Let everybody watch. Unblock them all. What God is about to do in my life requires an audience. And before he takes me to the next level, I need all my naysayers. Every devil in hell. Cancer, come here. Take a seat. God's about to bring me to another level. Hey, leukemia. I got a seat right here. God's about to bring me to healing. Look at somebody and say, he's preparing a table. He's preparing a table. I'm in the worst season of my life. It feels like dead is everywhere. It feels like death is all around. I wish you would find some dancing shoes and give God the kind of praise that lets your belly know that if all of this mess has surrounded me, something is about to turn in my favor. Look at your neighbor and say, it's turning, it's turning, it's turning. I'm not trying to make you happy. I'm not trying to make you dance. I'm not trying to make you shout. I came to prophesy to you. Wipe those tears. Stop that crying. Don't be so frustrated. God, let all your enemies come around just to see what he's about to do in your life. There's two guards at the front of the cell. There's two guards in between them. Not to mention, the gates are locked. Have you ever felt locked out? Locked out of promotion? Here, here's, a, here's one you won't tell the truth on. Locked out of the inner circle? Uh-huh. That's okay. Come here. Come here. I, locked out of what looks like people are being invited to lunch. You ain't got to say man, but I know how church people are. You see three people walk with the pastor and you assume that you're missing out on something. Can I tell you that there is no corporate ladder in the kingdom of God? The only ladder I found was Jacob's ladder that saw the angels ascending and descending and bringing gifts to anybody that was available. There is no pecking order in God's presence. But because we have become sensitive we now associate our sensitivity with what we perceive. Where in fact, if you have God's presence, you are always on the inside. I'm getting ready to help you. Create in me a and renew in me the where is that? It's on the inside. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hey, glory. Hezekiah said, won't he make you on the inside? What I'm telling you is, you're looking for an inner circle, and I'm telling you it's in his presence. You're looking for man to accept you, and I'm telling you the Messiah has his hand extended. Would you rather have the hand claps of man or the applause of heaven? 
kept in between two guards. He's keeping the prison. Now behold, everybody say behold. Everybody say behold. Everybody say behold. Now behold, the angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison. The prison. Light in the prison. It is possible that in your greatest bondage, I know the religious people aren't going to like this, that Jesus will shine in the place where you're bound. Now, I know that we have reserved microphone and Bible, preaching engagement, and the anointing of ordination for those that are perfect. But my Bible tells me that Peter was in bondage. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, I'm not intimidated by your chains. Can I tell you that God is not intimidated by your addiction? God is not intimidated by your pain. God is not intimidated by your perversion. Come on in here. God is not intimidated by what you did last night. He says, I will come nigh to thee if you draw nigh to me. The Bible says that he's married to the backslider. There is no place in his presence where he cannot get you. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you will be with me there. His grace is sufficient for my arrival. It is possible that his presence can shine in your bondage. I know that that comes against your theological belief that God only uses the perfect. Quite the contrary. The fact that you're breathing is a sign that you're flawed. And because you're flawed, you're a candidate for favor. It is your flaws that attract his presence. The Lord told me a few months, a few weeks ago in Memphis while I was preaching. He said, hey, son, tell my people the ministry mask is murdering them. When we come to church looking like what we think people will enjoy the most. How are you, blessed and highly favored? Really? As if three of your tires ain't on flats. How's little Bobby doing? Wonderful. Really? As if he's not working on his third baby mama. Oh, don't get mad. We present ourselves not as living sacrifices, but as poster childs for what we think church should be. I've got good gospel news for you. The church is not a museum, it's a hospital. It is the place where the broken can come in. It is a place where the down and the destitute can come in. It is a place where the cross of Jesus Christ says that there is room at the cross, at the cross. I feel Baptist now. Where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart. rolled away. The angel stood, the light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, and he raised him up saying, arise quickly. Hear me. Sometimes God has to apply pressure in the place of your mobility to get you to get up. He could have hit him on the shoulder. He could have high-fived him, could have poked him in the eye. He walked up to him and hit him in his thigh. In order for you to be free, watch this, I've got to touch this area of your life to give you faith to walk out of something. Now, I don't want you to look at the literal application. I want you to hear the revelation behind it, the practical practice. Here it is. The practical practice is... Wherever you are bound, God will touch that area so you can get free. He shackled on his legs. 
And the only way he's getting out of this prison is to walk out. Maybe God wants to put his hand on your addiction. Maybe God wants to put his hand on your indifference. Let's forget all of that stuff. Maybe God wants to put his hand on your tongue so you can stop gossiping. He will touch the area where you need to be free. He says, he, he hits him, he says, arise quickly. Everybody say, do it quickly. One more time, say, do it quickly. What God is about to do in your life is going to be quick. I know we preach process and I'm for it. I know we preach all kinds of things about the timing of God, but I just have a sneaky suspicion that what God is about to do in Love Alive Church is about to be a quick work. It's about to be, I know that you went to bed distraught, but you're going to wake up with favor. I know you went to bed coughing, but you're going to wake up healed. I know you went to bed lonely, but you're going to wake up with provision and community. What God is about to do is go going to be quick watch this he said get up quickly arise and when he did his chains fell off his hands his chains fell off Peter had to do something in order to be free it wasn't enough for him to hear a word and the word break him out. Faith without works is Peter had to do something. Hear me. You need a miracle, God's going to give you an instruction. Anytime you need something from God, he's not going to pull a rabbit out of a hat and drop it on you to make you dance. Oftentimes, when God wants to grow your faith and you are in need, he gives an instruction. And the instruction you choose to follow determines the future that you create. Peter, I'll let you get free. I already put my hand on you, so you have supernatural ability to walk out of this, but you have to get up quickly. Ask your neighbor, where is your faith? That's the wrong neighbor. Say, where is your faith? I'm going to tell you where Peter's faith shows up in. It shows up in the speed of the response to the word. How quickly he responds to the word determines how quickly he's walking out of his bondage. You missed a really good place to shout. What I'm telling you is, is that God is about to give you a word in season. And how quickly you respond to it will determine the freedom that you walk in for the rest of your life. Get up, man. And when he did, without any proof, read the text slow. He says, get up, arise. The chains don't fall off then. What do you do when God tells you to do something, but it doesn't look like anything has changed? If I'm Peter, I say, arise with these chains on me, I'm going to get caught. Because if I arise with these chains, who I'm attached to is going to know I'm trying to get free. Have you ever been fearful to be what God called you to be because of what the people next to you would say? I hear the word of the Lord for you. Arise quickly. And when he did, he got up in faith. And when he got up in faith, his chains came down in his future. God is about to give you a faith instruction that's about to free you from your current conflict. Those chains fall down at the wayside. Watch this. And then the chains fall off of his hands. And Peter on the side, he raised up him saying, arise quickly. Then the angel said to Peter, gird yourself, tie your sandals. And so he did. And he said to them, put on your garments and follow me. You have got to prepare for the greatest journey of your life. Watch this. He says, follow him. Where does he go? He leads him out of the prison. 
I'm wrapping it up. Leads him out of the prison. He walks out of there without anybody noticing. Because when God is about to free you, he has a way of distracting your enemies. Because if your enemies detect, because some of your enemies are frenemies, if your enemies detect that you're about to get free, they will do their best to enchain you again. So God says, I'm about to distract your enemies. Your enemies are about to find enemies. They are distracted. Peter gets up. He walks out. Where does he go? I'm going to prove how all of this happened. Where does Peter go? Peter goes to the church house. And he finds himself walking towards, like a magnet, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, walking towards the place that prayed him into freedom. So in essence, did God free Peter for Peter? Or did God free Peter because the church was praying? I got a sneaky suspicion. Mm -hmm that Peter would have stayed where he was if somebody wasn't praying for him. I came to tell you as I close that God has given you prayer assignments not for the other person, but so that you could see the answered prayers that are coming your way. When Peter walks up to that church and begins to knock on the door, Peter is representation of a manifested miracle. You thought I was preaching about Peter, but I was preaching about your answered prayer. Your prayers have been tied up. Your requests have been bound up. And you've been praying for provision. And you've been praying for transportation. And you've been praying for your son to get healed. And you've been praying that your city get on fire. And you've been praying that God would move in your life. You didn't know it. That's why you stopped praying. You assumed because it hadn't knocked on the door yet that God wasn't listening. But God has been speaking to your provision, telling your power to get up. And when Peter got out of the prison, he walked towards who was praying. Lift your hands. You don't have to stand. I want to announce to you, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, what you've been praying for is making its way towards you. That healing you've been praying for, that peace you've been praying for, that open door that you've been praying for, watch what happens. As the answered prayer starts, I know your arms are tired, keep them up. As the answered prayer makes its way towards where it's supposed to be, catching. That means that every prayer has a target. I'm trying to teach you how to pray. You don't pray amiss. You put a target on that thing. You name that thing. According to the word of God, you can put targets on your prayer. This is how I know that the light did not shine thee in the entire prison because they weren't praying for the prison. They were praying for Peter. That's why the light only shone in his cell because that's what they were praying for. Look at your neighbor and say, be specific. Come on, put a name on it. Let's be interactive really quick, love alive. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you praying for? What are you praying for? Wait for an answer. They're trying to be quiet, but wait for an answer. Come on, ask them, what are you praying for? Tell them, put a name on it. Put a date on it. This time next week. This time next month. This time next year. I believe that what I've been praying for is about to walk up to me. Here's what happened. Peter is the answer prayer. 
I wish I had time to really tell you how I feel. But this smells like the gospel to me. I'm going to tell you how. You remember Abraham about to destroy Isaac? Mm -hmm. And as he gets ready to lift that knife and take his son, all of a sudden God said, you have really pleased me. Look behind you. There is a ram caught in the thicket. What you were believing for was already caught before you knew it. I'm trying to tell you, don't get discouraged in your praying. Jesus said, ask, knock, and seek. And when you do so, you will see the manifestation of what you're believing for. And Peter is the answer. What I'm telling you is, your answer is about to get free. Your answer is making its way right. Right at this moment, I have faith to believe that by the time you get home, there's going to be something knocking at your door. I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what you're hoping for. I don't, and I feel like in the spirit, some of you are saying, Lord, if you don't do it this time, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. God is about to show up on your behalf. Peter, the answer. Peter, the answer. Peter, the answer of what the church is praying for. Knocks on that door. Now hear me. When that thing starts knocking on that door, Everybody's not going to believe that the miracle is real. The people in the church that were praying said, that can't be Peter. And Rhoda said, no, I can hear his voice, which tells me, thank you, Holy Spirit, that your miracle is voice activated, which tells me is that even if you don't believe it's coming, the miracle will keep screaming at you. I'm on the way. I'm here. Let me in. But it's too good to be true. I'm here. Let me in. I just can't believe that a church would love like that. I'm here. Let me in. I never thought a pastor could be that real. I'm here. Let me in. I never thought people could love me. I'm here. Let me in. And I'm telling you, for some of you in this room, your miracle has been banging on the door. You've got to have the faith to accept it. on the door open up oh, I feel the Holy Ghost open you've been praying for me and I'm here you've been hoping for me and I'm here you've been believing for me I'm here open up the power that Rhoda had was not in her declaration what was in her ear I pray that God would anoint 75 people in this place to have the ear to hear when the answer comes knocking. Get ready, love alive. God is about to send your answer. Over the next 21 days, God is about to arrest the answer. Fasting and praying is about to produce a future that you've been believing for. Grab your neighbor's hand. I feel the intercessor waking up in me now. Father, I declare right now in this place, as I attach my faith to their faith. Father, let the windows of heaven begin to open and we declare Yahweh be praised in here as we set ourselves aside for fasting and praying over the next 21 days. I am believing God that the God that answers by fire would answer by fire. I pray that all the shackles would be released. I pray that all of the family members that we're praying for would come and say, what must I do to be saved? Thank you holy God that you have not forgotten us you have not forsaken us in these 21 days release the rest of the answers that's it church come on that's it come on that's it come on 
There are some intercessors that are travailing for this thing. <laughs> the assignment on this house is much bigger than you thought. The mandate on this house is bigger than you thought. God is about to use this as a house of deliverance where the broken can come in and be free. We declare now all principalities be brought low. We declare that the snares and the snacks that is trying to destroy God's people, it would not work. Let freedom arise in here. Let the spirit of prayer rest you. <laughs> Let the spirit of prayer rest you. You don't have to have fancy language. All you have to have is faith. You don't need to be fancy. Grab faith and say, Lord, I believe you. Turn those hands loose, lift them towards heaven. Father, we trust you in faith. And we believe our answer is just a knock away. Lord, don't let your people get discouraged while waiting on the promise. I speak to every discouraged person that feels hopeless, that feels helpless, that feels like it's impossible to become what's next. I declare your Peter moment is coming to you. That what you were praying for, it's just around the corner. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, let there be peace that they would believe that you have not forgotten them. Give them assurance. Give them hope that you are not far away. And we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name. I'm done.